you are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson. Because democracy doesn't just happen. Indeed, democracy doesn't just happen. It takes a considerable amount of, of effort. But maybe not always a, a, a large amount of effort because there are civil society organizations that definitely assist us. They speak for us, they represent us, and they help us achieve what we need to do by sorting out uh, civil society problems, social issues, and also keeping an eye on government overreach and also importantly on private sector overreach and corruption. And one of those organizations is is the Red List. And as I mentioned, founded by a wonderful individual, Catherine DeFailey, who's on who's on the line right now. Catherine, how are you? Hi, Rob. I'm fine, thank you. How are you doing? Always good. I cannot complain, especially when people are listening and when I'm chatting to wonderful individuals who actually help help society move along in a great way. And one of those is you. But I've been bragging about you for, for, for the last 10 minutes and, and what you do. But I haven't gone into too much depth about what you actually do, where you came from. Tell us a bit about your background, why you started the Red List and more importantly, what the Red List is all about. Thanks, Rob. I just want to thank you for the opportunity to be on the show. As you know, we haven't had a lot of media coverage for various reasons, unacceptable ones. But I really appreciate this chance um, to convey information about the Red List. Um, and I also want to say thank you very much to you for everything that you have done and do do. And um, also to, to say that I'm very excited to be working with DASA and the Red List um, are all very excited about that. So. That's, that's just fantastic. So um, my background is um, um, a trained economist, um, but I actually worked in the safari business, started a safari business in Botswana, and then I sold my shares and um, got involved with in the medical industry. And um, it was due to my involvement with the medical industry when my business partner advised me on day one of COVID-19's arrival that a vaccine would never work due to Medical Science 101 in that the vaccines for coronaviruses never had worked. They had only achieved a 46% efficacy due to mutation. We saw, we saw that um, happen in South Africa when Astra, AstraZeneca was actually de declined due to mutation um, and subsequently with the failure of the vaccine because of, of that very fact. Unfortunately, also, if you inject a vaccine into a pandemic, you are actually stimulating something called antibody-dependent enhancement, which we can also see this happens when um, you have something called immune escape. This is all rather technical for people who don't understand it. But basically, you are injecting outdated software, and therefore the virus escapes. So, um, you know, my eyes were opened and, um, you know, it was extremely concerning for me, you know, to see um, people being driven towards a medical procedure that I, I knew wouldn't work and then saw didn't work. And I'm, I was obviously very distressed that people were being forced to take this medication and not being given a choice and also being um, given a choice between taking this medication and their jobs which, you know, with 64% plus unemployment in South Africa in certain age groups is, is really a terrible choice for people to face. And it's almost no choice. And it's 
basically seems like coercion. So it just seemed logical to me that we should have some way of pushing back. You know, our strength in South Africa is numbers. We still, according to our world in data, have over 70% of people who are unvaccinated. And um, those people have consumer power. So I thought it was just logical that we should start a consumer boycott platform. And um, once we had the platform online, I thought, well, we have public attention here. Let us let us try and help people with legal information, legal and medical information and resources to support them um, in the situation. Uh, that's that's wonderful. I mean, you've taken a a rather different approach to to every other organisation. You're providing uh, great information and uh, not just challenging government, but a slightly different approach in challenging the the private sector, which is what I'm really interested about. We've because we've, we've seen a lot of organisations take take government to court on on regulations and um, a lot of misinformation coming from all sectors of society. Nobody really knows what's what's what this is. It's new territory for everyone with with the vaccines. Even government has changed their their stance quite quite a few times and changed changed the regulations around the science because the science is obviously ever evolving. What what is your different approach here in in regards to the tackling these mandates and uh, forceful measures put in by by the private sector? So, Rob, what we do is um, we um, recruit information from the public. It's, it's very much like DSA, a public participation platform, um, and it's powered by the people. So people will report entities that are... Uh, You're still there, Catherine? Yes, can you hear me? Yep, got you back. Can you hear me? Okay, did, so where did I cut out? I'm not sure. Right at the beginning. <laughs> okay. So um, the red list is, a, I just wanted to say that the red list is very much like DSA, a public participation platform, and it is powered by the pe- people. Um, the, pe- the people are reporting to us um, entities that are either promoting, inducing, coercing, mandating, discriminating, or censoring. Um, anything to do with the the COVID-19 vaccines or the broader issue. And they have to supply a source document. If their um, source document is approved, it is published on our website, um, together with an email address of the CEO or the HR manager, et cetera. We are shortly going to be be starting a cease and desist campaign, where we will be um, sending them a cease and desist written by Shabnam Pelesa Mohammed from Transformative Health Justice. This cease and desist will give the entity seven days to retract um, from their positions. We, It's a very civilized letter. It's not aggressive. It just outlines the situation as we see it with um, solid um, information to back up what we are saying. If they don't um, retract after the seven days, they will be issued with a notice of liability, um, both via the statutory law and common law. And that notice of liability and all the other correspondence will be cc'd to various parties, um, mostly um, people who are, um, you know, activists and lawyers, and also the SAHRC. So um, that is our next step. We also provide a lot of information within our legal section. 
which gives people guidance and support on how to um, refuse vaccine mandates. So PCR mandates as well. And um, we also provide information on um, what to do if your um, religious exemption is declined or how to, to, to use a medical exemption or apply for a medical exemption, along with a lot of medical information, such as how to obtain free ivermectin and um, the FLCC protocols for um, treatment, medical treatment, many other things as well. Well, it certainly does seem to be an alternative approach and perhaps uh, somewhat controversial in in some circles. And there's nothing wrong with being being controversial. I mean, that's that's what life is about. It's about putting out different views of opinion and especially different views on on science. I mean, science is definitely not settled. It is it ever settled? So, you know, that that is the whole. As the science changes, as we get to know more about this, I'm pretty sure companies need to be aware of the risks imposed by enforcing mandates, enforcing vaccine policies, and and so on. And as as we get more and more people vaccinated here. There is definitely a growing concern globally around uh, vaccine injuries and and so on. It's still early days. We don't know the the facts, but I'm sure we we will we will see that. So perhaps your your initiative definitely does provide some insight in, into that, not just for for individuals or employees of of companies or or customers thereof, but for for the companies themselves. Do you get a lot of interaction or pushback from from corporates? No, that's a good question. We haven't really. We just get the, the normal um, customer feedback, <laughs> which is really quite pathetic, I would say. I'm sorry to use that word. I don't want to mean to be disrespectful, but it's a serious situation, you know, and we would expect more um, serious answers from more high-level people. But I think um, when they are... Um, basically being cc'd when our correspondence becomes legal and it becomes in an it, and it comes in an environment that is cc'd to the SAHRC, the south african human rights commission i think perhaps they will take us a little bit more seriously where when it comes to the health act also you know which is something that we haven't discussed yet and i'm sure you do want to discuss it given your campaign we are creating a voluntary association as well um that voluntary association will allow people to stand against the Health Act as well as withdraw consent from the Health Act. And the beauty of um, the voluntary association is that anybody can start a voluntary association. You just need three people, you need to demonstrate succession, and you don't have to register. So it's a very easy organization for people to create. And we are hoping that many people will create voluntary associations to stand against the Health Act um, because so long as our intentions are the same, I believe that our numbers can then be multiplied and have power and we can all stand together against the Health Act, which is a piece of legislation that is completely unacceptable and must not be allowed to go forward. And I couldn't agree more on, on that one. And as you say, the, we are just one of, of several organisations that are actually challenging the amendments to to the health act because what they what they've actually done is uh, although president Ramaphosa did make a fantastic announcement and we all jumped jumped up and down and cheered that the covid regulations and measures will will be withdrawn under the disaster management act he didn't make it too clear 
that all the regulations, even the ones that we challenged, are now being made permanent under the under the Health Act. So that is of, of major concern to everybody. And, and that it should be of concern to to everyone, not just people who are standing on one side of the fence, but at, to absolutely everyone. These are permanent regulations that are coming in place, and they are highly restrictive and can be enacted at any time the ministry or minister feels feels fit, which is rather concerning. So back to back to the to, to the red list. Where do you see it going from here? Will it will it become more of like a a hello Peter kind of thing where you can complain about companies? We had one question from from a listener who's just coming now, and and uh, he's old. David is saying I should ask the red list to add a function to complain about companies. Is that something that that you want to go into? Well, I haven't actually thought about it, or we haven't thought about it, but I think that the the homepage says it all. It says that, you know, those who are sick of what's going on and want the resources to do something about it. Um, so that's what we stand for. So I think the red list, it, it, it will always try to empower people via knowledge about their rights. And I think it's a very important moment in our history right now because, you know, we are facing something which I think you, you described quite gently but the Health Act is the state of disaster plus benefits, and the benefits are going to the government, not to the citizens of South Africa. The state of disaster allows for various things like forced vaccination, forced medical treatments, forced taking of bodily samples, forced testing, forced isolation, forced entry to your home and confiscation of your property. Since when does that apply to health? You know, all of these things are completely unacceptable and in conflict with our constitution and our Bill of Rights. And, you know, it's our opinion that if people don't actually know about their rights, which which I must say, I, I actually didn't even really, I wasn't that familiar. In fact, I wasn't at all familiar with our Bill of Rights, I must confess, um, before COVID. But I know that the majority of people, including the majority of the 72% of people in South Africa, a don't know about their bill of rights or what is in it and what it actually what power it actually gives them as south african citizens then they don't know how to actually use those rights to protect themselves and their rights and um, the other thing is i don't think that they really know about the health act i think both vaccinated and unvaccinated south africans will not find the health act acceptable at all even those, who, you know, people who have been vaccinated wouldn't have liked to be forced to be vaccinated. And, and I'm sure wouldn't support legislation that would impose that on South Africans. And I really believe that, you know, now is the moment for us to take back our power peacefully, um, you know, via the application of our rights. And if we don't do this, unfortunately, it will it will come to pass later, but it will probably be a violent situation, which none of us wants you know we don't want one person to be hurt um because of that in the future absolutely yeah i totally agree then and although your focus is is definitely more more on the companies it applies to the individuals with within within those organizations and wouldn't it be be lovely to see uh, some organizations being removed from from your red list is that possible how, how would an organization or big company or corporate go about removing themselves from from the red list. Well, they would just back down from their position. 
the current position. And in fact, some of the entities have backed down, like MediClinic, um, oh, Momentum, wow. and also Anglo-American. And there's one other, I can't remember which one. Is it Sabanye? Sabanye Stillwater? They also backed down. So what will happen is that we are going to create a separate section of the list and we'll call it success stories. Brilliant. And there you will be able to see the people that actually have changed their stance. And um, all the correspondence that I mentioned earlier will be published on the website for complete transparency so the public can see it. And that will also put, I hope, keep the entities under more, more pressure. It goes both ways. You know, those people who have, who have backed down will be you know, on the right side of the history and those who don't will will unfortunately be you know the proof of the fact that they knew what they was they were doing was wrong and why will be there for everybody to see you know we do hope that people will back down you know we live in hope and um we're forever optimistic we are south africans and i think that is part of who we are you know we always look to to for a success story we look for a positive side of things and I think when, when those other companies that I mentioned did back down, there was a fantastic response from people on our side of the fence. People were so happy. And that, that, is, that is part of who we are. Brilliant. So if any companies and, or business owners are, are listening here, make sure you don't get onto the red list. And if you are on the red list, <laughs> make the effort to, to, to get off. And as we've seen, if the red list didn't exist, if the civil society organisation was was not around, these companies probably would just would just carry on. And I have to say, Catherine, most most of them might be playing out of pure ignorance. Do you yeah. do, you, do you find that is the case? Well, I do think so too. I was going to actually add that myself because that's why we want to send the cease and desist first. Um, because the cease and desist will actually provide proof of harm and a lot of solid information. So it gives people the chance to back off or back down. Um, and we live in hope that that will be the case. You know, unfortunately, people have had a very emotional response to the situation and to information. There's been a lot of censorship and emotional shutdown around this topic. And I think, unfortunately, all I think that time has got to pass. We need to be clear-eyed about what's going on. I find the Health Act is a completely unacceptable um, situation, but maybe it will be an opportunity for South Africa to, to reconnect on both sides of this vaccination topic because we really do need to be truthful and honest with ourselves about what is going on, and we need to stand together against this. Definitely. Definitely, and there's no no greater force than a a united and coordinated civil society, and especially when big businesses and corporates get involved and do do the right thing. You are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson, because democracy doesn't just happen. So, Catherine, we were chatting about the red list and the wonderful work that you are doing in providing information to both companies to individuals within those companies and the public at large on let's call it vaccines and everything surrounding that mandates and COVID and regulations that people need to be aware of i did ask you where 
where you want to plan, where you plan to go through with this. And we're getting a lot of messages from from people here on hopefully you can take this into something bigger, like like a Hello Peter or a complaint, a complaint um, portal for for the private sector. And one uh, chair Paul Matibo asks here, could the red list perhaps provide an alternative business to reported businesses directly under the listing? We want to answer that. <laughs> I think I've got enough on my plate for right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rather, I keep saying I, but it's not just me. We have a fantastic team of many fantastic, amazing people who make the red list happen. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's def- definitely powered by the people, down to the people who are actually reporting all the entities. And it's, it's a wonderful um, situation because it's completely voluntary. Um, no money changes hands. It's very liberating and, you know, it's just it's just something that comes out of South Africa's amazing kiss. And, you know, I really believe South Africa's got the most special mojo. We've got a specific type of magic. We always um, slip through under the gate at the last minute. And I believe we will come through this, you know, stronger together and better for it in the end. And I think we, we've got the opportunity of, of timing. You know, we've got numbers and we've got timing. You know, what is going on in the world, um, we can learn from. Um, I believe there's a Jewish proverb which says, a clever man learns from his mistakes. A wise man learns from the mistakes of others. Let's be those wise people. Let's not make those mistakes. Let's just um, show the world what South Africa is all about and succeed yet again. Absolutely, and what a wonderful proverb that, that that absolutely is. It's so easy to follow or to recognize the mistakes of, of others mm. and then adapt your adapt yourself to it. But the, the catch is being able to recognize the mistakes of others and acknowledge them as as well. And I've, I've, I had a few other questions here, and you know it's all around where you do get your 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 data from. Is, is this the data that you, you present on, on your website and the information that, that you present on, on the red list? Is it, is it yours or is it sourced from credible, credible sources? And I ask that question because there are, we both know there's, there's good science on both sides. And as, you know, as we've seen, the science does definitely change. Who do we trust in, in, these, in these instances? And, and how do you make that decision of what, to, what information to put there? Thank you very much for asking that question, because that is actually something that we addressed in our um, About Us um, page, because, you know, a George Soros Open Society funded institution tried to smear us about a week after we we launched our website, calling into question um, something that was completely, I mean, which was completely um, true that we had stated. And... um, we just responded in a very sarcastic, sardonic way, which is our style, because we we just like to to laugh things off as much as possible because it just keeps you feeling strong and courageous. And um, pointed out that they must check themselves. <laughs> they were like going as fact checkers. Meanwhile, their facts were incorrect. And um, you know, when it comes to science, I think that as you say, science can change. But when you've got no um, solid, verifiable um, science to provide to, uh, in order to dispute established science, well, that doesn't work for us. 
So, you know, we rely on the established science and, you know, if there is any new science that contradicts that established science, we'll go with that. But, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people who question the established science aren't bringing solid, peer-reviewed, verified science to back up those queries or that um, those smear campaigns or that disinformation, misinformation that is going on. So, you know, we do try and link to a lot of information that we put up there as much as we can. If we state a fact, we will we will provide a hyperlink to a source document. And likewise, obviously, on the red list um, itself, where the entities are reported, we don't um, list anybody without a source document. So, you know, there's, there's that as well. Um, when it comes to the medical um, information with the, with the treatments, we refer to the um, frontline doctors and World Council for Health, with whom we are affiliated. I hope, and some of the other information that we've put up there, we've we've actually researched and written our own articles. But um, again, you know, we rely on um, solid information to back up what we've said. Mm, absolutely, and and just to clarify, when you say we, who is who is we? You have a whole lot of affiliates and and uh, staff and other consultants. Give us an idea of, of who, who these people are. It's not just you, is it? No, <laughs> I, I'm, I could never do all this on my own. Um, for one thing, we have the most amazing web developer um, who is a complete rocket scientist and um, he's helped us put together our website, which is um, super slick and easy to engage with. And without him, we would be nowhere. And um, he's quite a bit retired, shy and retired. He doesn't like to be pushed into the public, but he's definitely a most valued player. And um, then we have Pearl Coupe, advocate Pearl Coupe, attorney Pearl Coupe, sorry. Um, she has been a gift from the universe um, who has just taken the Red List to the next level. She is an amazing legal spokesperson for the Red List and an incredible dedicated activist. In terms of, and, and you know, her messaging is always so on point and so intelligent and very powerful. She's a very powerful communicator. Um, we are also affiliated to the World Council for Health, which um, promotes the better way and likes to try and show an alternative to what the World Health Organization is promulgating and is made up of many very well-known um, doctors and lawyers some of whom are from South Africa, like Tess Lowry, who is an incredible woman. She's originally South African. Then, And it's actually very encouraging to see how many South African doctors have spoken out and all over the world, like Dr. Charles Hoff, Paul Marek, amongst others. Um, they're at the forefront. And that's, that's just typically South African, isn't it? We always basically are, um, perform, you know, above our, our numbers. You know, we make more of an impact than we should. Then we also affiliated to SAVAS, where you can report vaccine adverse events mm. and injuries, vaccine injuries, um, which is um, run by Shabnam Palisa Mohammed. Shabnam's been the most amazing advocate for the Red List and mentor and encouraged us all the way. Um, she also runs Transformative Health Justice. As I mentioned, they will be ser uh, serving the cease and desists. 
Um, and then we are affiliating to DSA, which is very exciting. And that's actually something that we are thrilled about. And the National Black Consumer Council, which is obviously a logical affiliate for us because of our boycott platform. And they also have their own boycott platform, which is called The Blacklist. So we work closely with them. And um, lastly, I hope I haven't left anybody else anybody out, but we are affiliated to Children's Health Defence. So that's obviously very, very important to us because, you know, the children aren't able to fight for their rights. We need to fight for them and for their future. Fantastic. Well, it's a wonderful list, list of affiliates and certainly adds credibility to, to your cause and, and your initiative. Mm. Oh, sorry, I just had, there are obviously many other foot soldiers that are involved um, with the Red List, you know, from the beginning. I just want to mention one particular one, Eternity Brady, who helped us administer the, the Red List itself, plus all the members of the public who report to the Red List and um, have helped as volunteers, too many to name. Oh, absolutely. And in civil society, there are always those unsung heroes yes. and definitely they are the, the, the foot soldiers who would help, who we couldn't actually survive without. Absolutely. Catherine, it's been absolutely wonderful chatting to you and certainly revealing. And I wish you all the best with, with The Red List. And if listeners want to, to visit it, they can go to theredlist.co.za. Have a look around. See, um, see what you like. Have a look at the list and try persuade some of those companies to get off the, that red list. Wouldn't that be great? That would be wonderful. And please may I just mention one specific page, the redlist.co.za forward slash go forward slash health act, where we provide you know as much information as we can about the health act, as well as the links to DSS campaign and um, also the um, links to the voluntary association and other initiatives which we're doing to try and support um, resistance to the, the amendments to the National Health Act. Well, there you have it, there you have it. And that brings us to the the end of, of today's show and to the end of Dear Parliament for today. And if you missed it, be sure to catch up with the podcast, which is available on Spotify, or on our website at www.chaifm.com. And as I said, take a listen to it and let us know what you think. And if I don't catch you later or, or thereon, we shall see you next week. And remember to stay democratically engaged, active and responsible. Ciao for now. <laughs>